There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Now, recently I had a conversation with one of my buddies. He's kind of a, a truck nut, a car nut, and he told me that Interstate Batteries makes, from a technical standpoint, some of the best car batteries on the market, period, hands down. Not only that, but they have thousands of retail locations all over the United States, so stop in to a local retail store, ask the guy who works there about their car batteries, and hell, you might as well put one in if they're the best in the business. So interstatebatteries.com is their website. Go there, find out more information about the culture of the company, the batteries that these guys carry, or just stop into a, a local retail store. Interstate batteries, outrageously dependable. My name is Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet chasing bear. I don't know how much you guys are into uh, like modern television. I typically have not been, and I think a lot of people like pride themselves on not being into modern television, but then when you really dig down, you find that there's a lot of stuff that they actually watch and enjoy. Perhaps, perhaps I've found myself in that category, and I've been caught red-handed because this week on the podcast... We've got a guy who's become a friend of mine that I like, a guy named Cam Spinks. If you know that name, then you have recently been watching The Voice from NBC. The Voice. It's a television show. It's a singing competition. Cam Spinks is from Alabama, and he was at the Global Headquarters this week. He's a big hunter. Cam is a big 
whitetail hunter, turkey hunter, duck hunter. We had a really fun conversation with Cam about his experience being on this show called The Voice and a lot about his hunting experience and his music. And this is just an all-around fun podcast that you're going to enjoy. Be sure to check out our buddies at Northwoods Bear Products. Northwoods makes commercial bear scents, and we've been using them for years, years. And they're, if you're baiting black bears or brown bears up in Alaska, it makes sense to use the commercial scents. I like their Gold Rush. Also use their powdered products, but they have all kind of stuff. Check out northwoodsbearproducts.net. Well, we're at the global headquarters, Bear Honey Magazine global headquarters. This is uh, this is Cam Spinks' first time to the global headquarters. That's right, first time to the global headquarters. Um, man, Cam. Okay, before I tell who you are, I've got to tell that you're going to ruin my reputation. Okay. <laughs> I already, I already told him this, so he's ready for it. <laughs> You're going to ruin my reputation because now everybody is going to know that I keep my pulse on the pop culture, okay? <laughs> it's true. So Cam was on The Voice, Colby. Yep. The Voice. And if you know what that is, then you're, you've got your pulse on pop culture. <laughs> no doubt My wife it. and I – I'm going to embarrass him. My <laughs> wife and I have always – We've sort of prided ourselves, Cam, on not watching like mainstream television. And you we and have for years. Okay, good. You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> and this year, I guess it was with like just COVID nineteen stuff, we uh the kids started watching The Voice. Mm-hmm. I started watching and I got sucked in, man. <laughs> I got sucked in. And <laughs> who was up on the screen? I I wouldn't have known him. Cam Spinks. Yeah. So Cam was on The Voice, and so what was wild was, I'm going to say all this before I even let him talk. He, they, so on The Voice, they do, they introduce these musicians. So The Voice is a, a, well, tell us what The Voice is, Cam. So The Voice is a, is a singing competition, essentially. Um, Yeah. And uh, they do try to build up, you know, as far as the, the, the beginning of the of the show every season, you know, when they're introducing all the the different artists, they they try to, you know, basically fit your whole life into a few minutes. Right, just like a three give minute people section. a brief uh, snapshot of of what you're about, you know. And so um, that's what they did. And I have to say, I felt like I was a whole lot different than most of the other people on that <laughs> that show. <laughs> Based well, on, Okay, on my lifestyle. so you've 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 took me to the point where when I saw his intro, I immediately said, I said, that dude's a hunter. Mm. I said that to my wife, Misty. I said, that dude's a hunter. And then I saw the picture. There was a little section of the video of you with a, with a buck, like a, not a, a live buck. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and I was like, that guy's a hunter. <laughs> I knew it. A hundred percent. And Nailed then it. I went to his Instagram page and sure enough, it was like full of, hunting photos and i was like i knew this guy was a hunter and and we we watched the whole season you know it, it mm-hmm. like came out like once a week for how long is it i think it ended up um i can't remember how many weeks it was probably they had to kind of condense this season 
to make it a little shorter than they normally would because right. of the Olympics. NBC, the okay. network, also had the Olympics scheduled, and so we had a limited amount of time uh, relative to a normal season. I think it was eight or it was like eight or ten weeks, I believe. Okay, somewhere in there. Um, and I made it through, I guess, probably half of those before I was eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then the Olympics obviously didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't and work out. The show itself almost didn't happen. You know, it was, it was, um, it was an interesting, interesting season, unprecedented season to say yeah. the least. Yeah. Well, so I get on his Instagram page, mm-hmm. find out my discernment was absolutely correct. He's Good a job. hunter. <laughs> yeah. And then, I, like, I don't know, I, like, even after that, like months after that, I saw his page again and I saw that it, he was in Fayetteville, Arkansas, which, mm. so the whole voice they were saying, you're from Alabama and yes. that's exactly where you've grown up. That's exactly and right. You just moved to Northwest Arkansas. I did. I moved to Northwest Arkansas in April of this year. Okay. Late April, um, I believe. No, no, no. It was beginning, beginning of April because it was almost turkey season. Almost, <laughs> almost turkey, turkey season. season. Um, and probably not enough time uh, for you to find a gobbler in Northwest oh Arkansas. Oh, my gosh. Uh, not for lack of effort. I'll tell you that. We'll get into really? that, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I had just come off the heels of an incredible season in Alabama. Uh, and You guys um, have some turkeys over there. Oh, mm-hmm. we're... We're covered in them, um, mm. and so, you know, we, my brother and I, we had just an exceptional turkey season this this spring, and so I was like, still really, you know, hot on it, and I was like, man, I'm, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna kill a turkey in Northwest Arkansas, <laughs> you know, and little did I know, uh, the more research I did and the more miles I logged on all these management areas around here, I realized that, you know, uh, it was about as likely as me killing a bull elk. <laughs> in northwest arkansas yeah. just yeah really yeah. slim uh um, yeah. you know but well sounds like you tried that's cool <laughs> yeah i did uh, like i said it wasn't for lack of effort i i went down to i went to the weddington uh okay. management area okay um i went to now, see this is okay to tell mm-hmm. because we always talk about how we don't talk about public hunting areas specifically but if you're telling how there is no game there whatsoever, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, well, okay. tell well, us I can everywhere ass- that I can you assure went. you um, <laughs> that there were no turkeys to be found anywhere on these management areas, or, or at least I wasn't lucky enough to stumble across one. But yeah. I logged a lot of miles on uh, Weddington, on um, Lee Creek, south yeah. down 49, and then also on the other side of 49 at, at White Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, Man, just not a track, not a feather, nothing. Man, I'm impressed that you. I mean, you did That's your homework to have found that all that country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I. I mean, I. I. I joined all these forums. I mean, I was hell bent on trying to find a turkey up here. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I said, the more research I did, the more people I talked to, um, the more I understood that if you want to kill a turkey in Arkansas, you need to go. South or east? <laughs> if you want to kill a turkey in Arkansas, you you got to go out of state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I hear Maine's good. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Um, so okay, so we've we've introduced how I know you. That's what that's what I wanted to get. Yep. And I I want to uh, 
man, I'm afraid if we jump into hunting, we'll never go back. Okay, Pro- probably. So true. this is not priority. This like the, <laughs> the order of conversation is not about priority because I think once we jump into hunting, we're just going to talk about hunting. Yeah. But so I want to go back to to the voice. Okay? The voice. So Cam, you are a are you a country music artist? I am. I'm a country music artist. I um. I've been writing and playing for about 10 years now. Um, okay. I was in college and was trying to find some way to not have to work really hard when I got out. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to be a musician because you know, really? they, don't, they don't look like they have to work very hard. <laughs> uh, you know, a musician again, and a turkey hunter. I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> if we're being perfectly honest. But, no, I, I kind of dove in head first. I've, I've always had kind of a knack for – for music, I've always loved music, uh, mm-hmm. country music in general and in um, specific. But uh, so I just, you know, dedicated myself to it. Um, so you did you know how to play guitar? I you very started, little. You started I, I taught myself when you were in college. Yes, um, I had very limited guitar skills at that age. Really, um, but it always had a guitar around. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. like probably half of college guys, but. Um, so yeah, I just started picking up guitar. Uh, had some buddies in my fraternity that also played instruments, and one thing led to another, and we started the worst band of all time. Um, Named <laughs> the na- <laughs> good, good question. Oh boy, <laughs> the name of that uh, project you you're gonna love it. Our mascot in the fraternity was a buzzard. Okay, and so we were, the, <laughs> we were the backdoor buzzards. That's the what back we were. Door oh, buzzards. Man. The backdoor buzzards. We uh, won't get into that, but uh, that was our name, and we played basements, um, and that's about it in we, Birmingham, <laughs> near yeah, Birmingham, in Birmingham. Yeah, we were in Birmingham, um, okay. and so that was my first project. And then once I got out of college, I was at home. Um, working for our, our family company and um, still doing music, um, you know, still progressing. And I had some, uh, I met several other people that I ended up starting another project with and more legitimate project. We actually played gigs, you know, we played at okay. bars and things like that. And what was the evolution of this name? Oh <laughs> man, we kind of dumbed it down for that one. It was just the Cam Spinks band uh, okay. against okay. my will. I wanted to come up with something creative and cool, yeah. but Mm. Uh, which we did later on. We ended up morphing into uh, Cam Spinks and the 58s, which that's the first two letters of our tag IDs in Alabama for the county that we lived in. Oh, nice. okay. And all four of us were from the same county. Right on. Okay. So it was Cam Spinks and the 58s, which yeah. I thought was pretty neat. Um, I wish we could, I wish I could still have a band called the 58s. But, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah. So then that project kind of phased out and. I think that was, I think that one was, I I remember exactly what it was. I moved to Nashville. I was in Nashville for about Mm. three years um, pursuing music, writing. Uh, I wanted to be a writer. I didn't want to tour. I didn't want to be an artist. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to do any of that. Really? So you I wanted to get a a publishing deal and just write songs. Mm -hmm. That's all I wanted to do. Uh, That way I could, you know. So do you, I could get up in the morning and go to work, and then by you know three or four in the afternoon, I was fishing somewhere, you know. So, so you—that's one of your strengths, then. Absolutely, Riding I would say and, in in the entire musical spectrum, I would say that um, my songwriting is what I think is my biggest strength. Um, now that that's kind of interesting because 
I mean, what I learned from watching The Voice is that it's like, I mean, like really top end musicians vocally. It's not necessarily about like what you've written mm-hmm. or done. Cause I mean, a lot of these people would, uh, I mean, like some of them weren't even really in band. I mean, like Todd Tillman, was he not yeah, even? My, he was my like good a, friend, Todd. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, boy, me and Todd hit it off a lot because we're both from the South and, uh, this is the guy that ended this is the guy winning. that ended up winning and actually mm-hmm. eliminated me from right. the competition um, earlier be- on. It's because he had a Travis Tritt song. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> don't get me started on that. Um, my my point is you have a you have a strong voice. Thank you, thank you, and yeah. I and and I, I do. I, I think I have a pretty good voice, um, but I'm definitely more proud of my okay. songwriting. I yeah. like that. Okay. I think I'm a lot more proud of that. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know it's there's a lot of people out there with great voices but mm-hmm. i feel like there's a lot less people out there that can write a great song yeah. um so yeah i'm i'm a little more proud of that for sure yeah it's definitely a a different craft for sure yeah no so, doubt so what happened in nashville did it not work so, out so um i was awfully green when i moved up there um and it wasn't what i expected early on and I kind of kept telling myself, like, okay, they, you know, they call it a 10-year town for a reason, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Why, okay, man, we're going to have to get down to the basics <laughs> here. Why do they call it a 10-year town, They call town, it a 10-year town because that's generally how long uh, it takes for you to be successful in gotcha. Nashville. Gotcha. Um, or at least most people. If they get, if they if they find anything. success at so all. So they could, they could be they there They say for, if you, you give it 10 years, and if you're not where you want to be in 10 years, then... Then you well, can leave. Willie Nelson moved back to Texas. Willie Nelson didn't have a number one hit until he was in his, I want to say, 30s. Yeah. Which, think about that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, there's a lot of people that went to Nashville when they were young. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't what they thought. They left. Years later, came back and found success. There's plenty of people like that. Um, but... Uh, I have no desire to go back. I'll tell you that. Much. Really? So you, didn't uh, like, yeah. you didn't like the I, scene? I, well, for people like me, um, having grown up pretty rural, um, you know, kind of walk out your back door and go hunting kind of rural, um, it was tough living in a, a city like yeah. that and just getting acclimated, which I did, and I got used to it. Um, but I just – it's such a – tough industry on top of having to change my lifestyle that much yeah. that it wore me down really, and I, really I assume quick. you had to like work a normal job. I did. And I so did. you were trying to do Yeah, True Green paid hunting. my bills. Uh, I was a Kim Lawn technician okay. by trade while I was up there. Um, and then When just, you drive through Nashville and you see like just like normal people working, could you assume that some percentage of them are trying to like... A large portion of them yes really everyone that <laughs> uh is a waitress a waiter they got um, some dream yeah oh yeah i would i would say um a half for real least. yeah oh yeah i was yeah. kind of oh, yeah. joking i was envisioning no, that's, like spraying lawns and- that is 100 percent. there are um so many people up there trying to huh. to cut their teeth in the music business mm-hmm. and having to work you know jobs to pay the bills on top of yeah. that yeah. so it is a grind. It's a hustle. Yeah, and um, it wore me down a lot quicker than it would a lot. I guess millions of other people that are there trying to do it. But I had uh, had a great job 
you know, available back home. And so I was tired of being broke and discouraged. And so I moved back home. I guess that was in 2015, I want to say, that I moved back home. 15 or mm-hmm. 16. Uh, it might have been 2016, actually. Um, so I get back home and I just go to work for the company. Um, real estate and land uh, development, right. that's what we did. We basically build neighborhoods and build houses and sell yeah. them, and, you know, mm-hmm. the whole nine. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I started working, but I was still doing music, you know. Um, so that's when Cam Spinks and the 58s was formed. It okay. was a lot of the same guys from the previous project before I had moved to Nashville. They put were, it together. They were waiting on you when you came back. <laughs> kind of. Uh, I, I, <laughs> called, like, I called a few of them. <laughs> probably, yeah. They're like, oh, it's just a matter of time. <laughs> like, here comes the I've been leading wa- man. been waiting on this call for a couple years now. But, <laughs> but uh, no, we had a good run with that one. Uh, we probably played together for maybe a year or two. I can't remember. And um, then at that point, I was like, you know what? Nobody in Nashville wanted to buy my songs or no publishers wanted to sign me for X reason or Y reason. So, you know what? I'm just going to start cutting all my songs and putting them out myself. Uh, So that's what I did, and that's what I've been doing ever since. And now I have some guys, um, a couple guys from Alabama, a couple guys from Nashville that play with me, uh, and they just back me as Cam Spinks. It's just, you know, that's what it is. Um there's no like set band. We might, right. you know, filter through several musicians at, at each position. You know, it just depending on what's available, yeah. um, which is not a lot right now, <laughs> yeah. uh, given the times. Uh, yeah, I've always said, uh, especially lately, that I'm glad that I um, have other skills and other trades that I'm good at because yeah. if I were a full time musician right now, I would be kicking myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you are not playing and right. you probably won't be playing much for the foreseeable future mm-hmm. so yeah um thankful that i that i know how to do other things mm. yeah. um but that said the dream so, is still so you, you started know, musician yeah yeah so you started you started you were already writing your own music you started recording your own music as cam sphinx and then so take me to what made you want to try out for the voice that's um Actually, that's how they found me. Um, oh, they they asked yes, you. They uh the the voice is very diligent about scouting great talent. Um, okay. There's a very small percentage of people that make it to the show that were a product of those big you know cattle calls, okay. those big public tryouts. You know, a lot of it is, you know, you get an email from a scout and they're like, hey here's this song and we're, we really like it. Would you be interested in, uh, okay. you know, an, a, a, an audition for the voice? And so that's how they contacted me. I bet and, that was an exciting email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I'll, I'll tell you, um, I had always kind of sworn off stuff like that. I was like, nah, yeah. I'm not going to do a, just like, a show. Just like, like Clay Newcomb. They're going <laughs> to, <laughs> you know, they're going to dictate your every move the whole time. Like it won't even be that much fun. Like, but the but I reluctantly I agreed to go to Atlanta for and a tryout for some of the producers, and um, by the end of that they were like, we want to fly you out to L.A. and um, you know have you continue on the on the process of getting on the show and so you know I said ah oh, what the hell let's do it so yeah 
flew out to California and uh, ended up making it onto the show um, all the way. And so I spent. Um, How many people originally are on the show? Oh, like from like the first man. episode. I would say from the first from the first episode. Um, I want to say. So the number of people that had a blind audition, which is when they turn their chairs mm-hmm. or they don't. Yeah, there I was mean, probably. I don't know, 50, 60 people. Okay, so mm-hmm. they I'll already say, have I, it I narrowed down I think, to that small of a number before the first episode. Okay, mm-hmm. so but fifty or sixty people get a, a blind audition on television. Yes. Okay, so but they don't they don't show all of them, and then there's also oh they know, don't they don't show all that. or they show like little snippets or you mm-hmm. know there's no guarantee don't. that they show your actual audition right because so maybe maybe it was awesome maybe it wasn't or mm-hmm. you know I mean so all the, kinds of factors, so let me but. describe the way it works because so there's there's four big chairs that are that are on a swivel. Have you seen it, Colby? I have. You pop culture. <laughs> I can't believe you. I haven't I didn't watch No, just for somebody. He works seen for it. TMZ on the side. Don't let him fool <laughs> yeah. you. The no, so there's there's basically chair the backs of these chairs are faced towards the stage. With names. And and then there's in these chairs are these four really famous people. Blake Correct. Shelton. I wouldn't have known who any of them were except for Blake Shelton. John Legend. Blake yep. Shelton, he John Legend, one. Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson Jonas. and yes and yeah. I Nick probably Jonas. shouldn't say this, but I had no idea who he was. He's a brother. Um, good, good. I like that. Cam. And they were like, <laughs> I was like, I, th- we, you know, because they kind of. <laughs> it's like young. there was an episode where they filmed us like all reacting to finding out who he was. Because <laughs> like, at that point in time, there was only ever. there was only three judges from the previous season. They're bringing on a new one, right? And right. it was supposed to be this big surprise, this mystery. And when I found out who it was, I was like. Uh, I'm missing something. Here, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that's funny. Okay, I knew who he was, but uh, <laughs> Col- I knew it. I knew it. Colby is always. I think he's always dreamed of being in a boy band. Yeah, uh, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. No, so that's the second so time it's come up, though. It is. Like, so, so a musician comes out and performs, and if the this person in the chair likes what they hear, essentially they spin the chair around yeah, and if right. they don't like it they don't spin their chair around right. and they're trying to gather teams so everybody's mm-hmm. got so anyway basically a blind audition like if you get if if a chair turns around that's like a good thing mm-hmm. and because some people play and no chairs turn around yeah and if that happens it's bad how many people turned on your deal uh, i had two it was blake and, and kelly. kelly okay yeah okay. those two turned yeah 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 well two I know the lingo now. That was a two chair, two chair turn, two chair turn, two chair turn. That's right. That's better. And those are the two that would turn for country. That's right. right. (laughs) And I was the only um, country male on the season. Mm -hmm. Was the only one? Todd Tillman. I think Todd was. Todd was kind of a hybrid. Todd could do whatever they wanted him to do. Yeah, he's just an incredibly talented vocalist who they could have thrown like a. You know, a Bee Gees song at him, and he could have yeah, done it, yeah, or yeah. a rap song, and he probably could have done it. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's just his his talent is pretty limitless in the vocal department. So, um, I think um, they kind of felt the lack of country in there, so they you know kind of eased him over. 
a little bit in that lane as well, which yeah. um, honestly, I didn't mind, especially when I got to hear him sing that Travis Tritt song because it was <laughs> incredible. Uh, I love that song. I love Travis Tritt, and I think Todd did a great job with it. So I was I was glad to see that they were kind of, you know, nudging him over into the country. Yeah, and kind of letting you take mm-hmm. that space. Yeah. So okay, so you you go you go to L.A. and you do the blind audition. You get chosen to be on uh, Blake's team, right? So Blake, yep. Did so you, I picked Blake. Yes. Did uh, you pick the song yourself? Um. What was it? Wave on wave, right? I will. Pat Green. Wink and tell you yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> was okay. that the same song that you would have sung for the producers beforehand, or was it a different song? That is not what I would have chosen to sing had I had 100% autonomy over that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, whenever they sent you the email and you did the first thing where you sang for um, the... No, actually, the songs that I sang for that... What did I sing? Um. Oh, man, what did I sing? I don't remember the question. Yeah, yeah, Good yeah. grief. Um, You're giving him the hard I think I, sa- I think I sang... An old date, like an older David Nail song, which uh, a lot of them probably had no idea what it was, uh, but it was kind of a ballad country song called "The Sound of a Million Dreams." That was one of them. And then another song that I played was "Midnight Train to Memphis" by Chris Stapleton. That was another okay. one. Okay. Okay. Uh, just big Stapleton guy. Yeah. And, uh, that was uh, that's always a favorite of mine to play, and so so okay, so you. You get on Blake's team, and then uh, so how far how far did you go inside the competition? So I made it to what they call the knockout rounds. So I guess that would have been my um, the third round. I guess if you I heard. mean that's pretty. So you deep do the blind, it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was extremely proud. My my goal going in was just to my first goal was all right. Let's just try to make it on the show officially. Mm-hmm. Let's try yeah. to get a blind audition. Yeah. Uh, whatever happens after that, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so once I got um, a blind audition and I made it to that point, I was like, all right, I want to make it to the live rounds. I want to mm-hmm. be able to sing live. And that's just after the knockout. So my knockout was against Todd. Mm-hmm. And if I'm being perfectly honest with you, as soon as I found out I was paired against Todd, mm-hmm. I should have just packed my bags because I knew uh, that that was probably the end of the road. Mm-hmm. Um but honestly, if I had to lose to anyone on the whole thing, I'm glad it was him. Yeah. Um, we became yeah. good friends, and we 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 stay in touch. Um, but yeah, so I made it to what they call the knockout round. So that would have been like half of the people gone that started. Yes, I think or more. I guess that would have. Um, so yes, after the knockouts, I think 17 people remained out okay. of the initial. Um, you know, I guess each each person had how many did they have? Was it ten per team? It was forty of us total? Something like that. I don't that. remember. Mm-hmm. I think it was something yeah. like that. And so yeah, I it's I probably made it about halfway through the competition. Yeah. Cool. So what what was your overall impression with the whole deal? Honestly, um it was great. I it was a, a big time commitment and that was mm-hmm. my only uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, that was the only bone I had to pick with the whole process of everything. Is it just, I mean, 
you know, you're over you're over in LA for X amount of time uh and then you're on TV for two minutes. Mm-hmm. You know? Just the big disconnect between you know, you're there for a month and you do all this filming and prep and wardrobe and you know, all all kinds of stuff like that. Um legal, social media, everything you're you're in meetings and stuff. But then you have a, a ton of downtime as well. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, just Alabama boy out in California twiddling his thumbs, you know. Yeah. And part of that was um, I think I was there in – well, I was there in January, um, which <laughs> uh, duck season and the, the rut in the uh, southern part of Alabama. And so – I was a little annoyed about that, you know, mm. uh, but, you know, how annoyed can you be when you're getting the opportunity to be on national television singing? So I kept my perspective, but, you know, I just I couldn't believe that it took as much time as it did, as much yeah. of a time commitment. Um, so, uh, so that was the only LA that was for, the only adverse uh, yeah. takeaway that I had the entire process. Um, the way they treat you. I mean, state of the art. I mean, just mm. class. You know, it was okay. it was great. I mean. I have nothing bad to say about the show or the way it operates. Um, it is a show, and you have to keep that in mind right, when, you're, showbiz. when you're a part of it um, and just kind of swallow your pride every now and then. Um, yeah. But uh, I kind of I, I anticipated that going in, so it wasn't yeah. too big of a pill to what, swallow. What, did it, what will this do for your music career? Is it going to help you? Well, yeah, my goal, uh, my over overwhelming goal, my overarching goal for the for – deciding to do it um was just to kind of put myself out there and get some exposure get yeah. you know get a little bit more of a fan base well look what it's done outside. for you you're on the bear honey magazine <laughs> podcast from the global hey headquarters. mom we made it okay <laughs> um but uh no it was just to kind of get more of a following i thought yeah. that if i could get you know people's attention one way or another on a large scale like that and direct them towards my original music that you know some things could happen mm-hmm. um and then of course uh the season couldn't have been at a worse time in in history um so they had to finish the show like on zoom calls it was it was, it was pretty was, wild it was um strange yeah uh and at that point you know i'm just a spectator I'm no longer on the show, but I, I I finished watching the entire season. You know, watch all my friends, um, and honestly, I, I have to say I'm kind of glad that I got eliminated when I did because those were just, in my opinion, it was a little awkward, and I'm just glad I didn't have to go through that part. Yeah, of you know, setting up in your living room and zooming. You know, I just mm-hmm. it was, I'm not it cut. Was... I'm not really cut out for the whole. Uh, you know, relying on technology that much. So I, I, uh, I'm obviously I would have liked to have continued on the show, but sure. I'm I'm thankful that I didn't have to do it in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, so are you uh, are you still like pursuing music pretty heavily? Yes, I. Um, my plan post show the whole time was. Um, as soon as it's over, let's start putting more music out. Mm-hmm. I'd released, um, I think I'd put out maybe 10 or 12 songs before the show. And uh, I think it was maybe a week and a half ago, we finally put, maybe two weeks ago, we put out some more. We put out uh, three more songs. 
a couple weeks ago, and then I've got another one coming out this week, actually, on Wednesday. Um, and then I'm going to put out a song a month until I okay. run out of songs. Yeah. Uh, okay. Just, I feel like it's a cool way to maintain consistency and, um, you know, just keep your audience intrigued a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, people... They don't like to pay attention to things for too long these days where they're paying, they're, you know, they get distracted by something else. And so if you're giving them something on a consistent basis, a little bit of a date that they can look forward to for something new, I feel like it could be cool and refreshing. So, mm-hmm. um, that's my plan right now. And then on top of that, trying, um, scratching and fighting, trying to get back into the live music mm-hmm. scene, yeah. you know, cause it's just, our hands are tied right now. I've managed to, to land a couple of things. Um, and, uh, but you know, like I said, we're still just severely limited on what we can do playing live music. So just waiting on all that to, to pick back up. Um, but yeah, between, between all the current events over the last several months in in history, it's been a pretty terrible time to be a, a musician, in my opinion. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, wild. It, like I said, it couldn't have happened at a at a worse time for me and everyone else that was on the yeah. show trying to, you know, take advantage of the momentum that you get from that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, because if we could have kind of hit the ground running right after the show, right after I was eliminated, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, probably, could have probably a bit of a different story. Yeah, yeah. you probably would have had some a little bit yeah. of yeah. momentum. Has it helped with your uh, songwriting at all? Were you able to like song like do some songwriting with other contestants that might have done it? Or I, I, I'll be honest. I'll level with you. I've never been great at writing with people. Oh, okay. Um, His new album's called "Leave Me Alone." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought that was just perfect for the times. You yeah, know? like hey. His newest track alone. is social distancing. <laughs> yeah, social. I ride along alone. <laughs> but no, I no. um you know, like I said, I spent yeah. years in Nashville doing that and and um first for one reason or another I just I didn't love it. And some people are like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and it wasn't that long ago that people wrote all their own songs, you know? Um, yeah. so um I just I don't spend a whole lot of time doing that. I never have. I kind of reached a point where I realized this isn't my strong suit writing with people, co-writing. Mm-hmm. Um and so I'm just I'm not going to, you know, spend a lot of energy trying to make that happen. Yeah. I still do it from time to time, not going to lie. Um Have you ever written a hunting song? Uh a I've song incorporated some hunting stuff yes, in it. I have. Um Actually, Father's Day this past weekend, uh I wrote a song called I Got It From My Daddy. Um, mm. and it talks about, uh, deer hunting and, in the first rifle that I had and, and stuff like that. Um, and I think there's been other songs where I've kind of slipped it in little nuances and stuff, references. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of, i over the years I've, uh, hunted a lot in Kentucky. And so I, I write, um, I've written about parts of Kentucky, um, you know, I love I love that state. I love hunting that state. It's gorgeous. Um, good friend of mine has a farm out there, and so we go every year, mm. at least a couple weekends. Oddly enough, he gets a lot of ducks. Really in Kentucky? Yeah. Oh man, we smash ducks. Man, out there. what's the? Uh, so I, I could give like a spiel about like hunting in Arkansas. What's I really don't know a lot about Alabama other than just like hunting in Alabama, other than that high deer numbers 
it's classic kind of delta type bottom land type hunting but but i don't want to i'm not just talking about deer hunting like what is what is it what is it like to be a hunter in alabama go um being a hunter in alabama Sing it. is <laughs> <laughs> i mean we really never run out of anything to hunt right. um you could hunt year round if you wanted to um you know alabama is the most as far as animals are concerned we're the most biodiverse state um i want to say if we're not we're in the top few really because um our terrain is so we have a little bit of everything you know we have the, okay. the beaches we have uh the lowlands we got we've got a lot of swamps and rivers and wetlands we've got um we've got some mountains i would right. i would southern, i would you southern know, appalachian <laughs> yeah southern appalachia we we've, we've got some high, some high country um and it just offers a lot of different game um so i mean obviously probably the most hunted thing in alabama is going to be deer followed by um probably followed by turkeys yeah we have a lot of turkeys mm. there's a lot of turkeys in alabama uh there's certain parts where there's not as much but you know just like any other place yeah um uh, there's higher densities in certain places but um is there a five bird bag limit and that's another thing about alabama is we can kill five turkeys whoa and a lot of people do it yeah. every year it's a lot of turkeys. The population replenishes so Some of well. the Western guys don't know how, you know, I was out in Montana hunting with some of those guys. Mm-hmm. And there's a essentially a five-bird limit in Montana, but you got to kill them in different parts of the states. Yeah. And, uh, and turkey hunting's not that big a deal out there. Mm-hmm. So, like, guys don't hunt. But for the southeast, a five-bird limit, I mean, to me, that's a ton of turkeys. We've yeah. never been able to – the highest – Bag limit that was ever in Arkansas was a three bird bag limit in the 1980s. There's people that go back and forth um, with wanting to get it lowered back down to three, and I think it probably would be wise after this past year because you had so many hunters that were home that yeah. weren't at work. They um, were hunting. The numbers. I would not be shocked if we killed twice as many birds in Alabama this year as we did the year before mm-hmm. um, statewide. I haven't, like I said, I haven't checked harvest records. I, I or anything, think I heard that almost it exact is statistic. So many, and like I told you, like I mean, we had the my brother and I had the best season of our lives, and then we have kind of a group of buddies. There's about seven or eight of us that are hardcore, dedicated turkey hunters, and I mean, maybe one or two of us didn't limit. Wow, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we were responsible for twenty or thirty dead turkeys, just mm-hmm. five or six of us. Yeah. Um, and we weren't alone. Like I said, it, yeah. was, it was just a a just a hell of a season down there this year. And so I would not be surprised. You have if, an early season too. Yes, we do. We do. It starts on the fifteenth of March. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Man, if you hadn't listened to uh, this guy, Mike Chamberlain, the Wild Turkey Doc, they call him on Instagram. Doc. Wild Turkey Doc. Wild that's, Turkey that's Doc. That's his name on Instagram. Gotcha. He's been on uh, Land and Legacy podcast with. Uh, my buddies up mm-hmm. there in Missouri. Yeah. He's been on Ranella's podcast, Meteor podcast. Mm-hmm. Love um, Steve. And uh Wild Turkey Doc. I think he's from Alabama or somewhere in, in Georgia. And he uh he is 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 the best that I've heard at describing why or, or maybe he's just the only guy we've listened to long enough, but talking about how these early seasons are super hard on turkeys. It it, it may not make sense 
I mean, just rationally, you're just like, kill a goblin turkey on March 15th is the same as killing a goblin turkey on April the 20th. But he describes the the pecking order and the the lek. He, he talks about a lek, which is like a group of turkeys mm-hmm. and how their social hierarchy works. And basically by taking out this dominant bird, it screws up a lot of their breeding. Hmm. I would so, assume, yeah. Uh, taking one out early like that, obviously, you know, he's not going to be breeding any hens, you know, and, and yeah. he was a dominant one. And if I'm not mistaken, hens can, um, you know, they can breed multiple turkeys and then their bodies actually can select the mm. fertilized eggs that are the eggs that they want to fertilize. Something crazy like that, yeah, I think yeah. I read. And so a lot of times, you know, if you're killing all your mature birds early in the year, it wouldn't be crazy to assume that you're going to have some hens that don't get Right, they you're, don't get you're bred. messing up something. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I could see that. So, so turkey, so deer hunts big. Turkey deer hunts, hunts big. big. Uh, turkey hunts big. No, there's no bear season in Alabama, though. No, there's not. No bear not, season. not to my knowledge. I don't think uh, there is. There's I'm, not. I'm there's not. About a hundred percent sure that there's not. There's not. But like, there are animals that I enjoy hunting that you can hunt year round. You know, you like can what? hunt hogs year round. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, we um. Now are you? How are you hunting hogs? You go out there in the field and shoot them. Yeah, you bet you're not. <laughs> a you're, lot not of, you're not running dogs or. No, I have a lot of friends that grew up in Florida that would run dogs, and I didn't grow up hog hunting. And when I got to, you know, got to know these guys pretty well in college, just hearing them talk about it down there, completely different art. You know, yeah. that is, um, that is some intense stuff. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, lost yeah. a lot of dogs. Um, you know, not hard to do when you're doing that. Yeah. Um, but no, I, and I've not done a ton of hog hunting, but you could do it if you wanted to. I and mean, then, you know, any kind of nuisance animal that you can think of. Yeah. There's yeah. always something that you can go and hunt. Yeah. Always, yeah. always, always. But big duck hunting. Coon state hunting as well. is really big. Yeah. In Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Yeah. Dove well, th- dove hunting is big. Yeah, a lot of dove hunters in Alabama as well. I've been to several shoots in Alabama and he, and Georgia as well. There's parts of the South where little patches where there's just in, incredible dove hunting, and we do a shoot every year at at our farm. Um, but um, we just we actually just acquired some new land. Uh, my dad did, and he was texting me this week, and he was like. We're gonna have the dove shoot of all dove shoots this year because <laughs> there's. He said it's, you know, we're at the beginning of the summer and I'm looking at hundreds and hundreds of doves mm-hmm. already here and we huh. haven't even we haven't planted anything we haven't thrown any seed we haven't done anything they're just here yeah and um, so we're anticipating a big shoot. Um, Black River is that in Alabama? Is that a well known place? There's the uh, I think there's the Black Warrior River. Black Warrior River? Or a section of the Warrior River that's the Black Warrior, I want to say. Okay. Um, but no, I'm not familiar with the Black River. Okay. If there well, is one in Alabama. I, I'm I'm going deep into the archives of my mind, remembering the there used to be in like Outdoor Life and some of these magazines, there was there would always be Alabama whitetail hunting, like this little like black and white ad in, in <laughs> national magazines. It would be like Southern Alabama whitetail hunting, and I want to say it was like black something like black. I just I wondered if I threw that out there if you'd be like, oh yeah, probably black, black belt, 
Black belt. Black belt. Yes. So the black belt is yes, that's a, it. That's it. The black belt is a strip of extremely fertile agricultural okay. land across. It kind of runs, um, if I'm not mistaken, it runs um, kind of a little bit east to west, kind of swooping north in South Alabama. And okay. we, I grew up hunting the black belt uh, pretty much my entire life. Um, okay. That's where you're going to kill the biggest deer in Alabama, mm. without question. Uh, on a consistent basis. Uh, like I said, it's just extremely, extremely fertile ground. And mm. anytime mm. you're uh, hunting near ag, you know, on yeah. a large scale, the deer are naturally just going to be bigger because their diet is, right. you know, right. that much better. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, as far as whitetail hunting in Alabama, um, get in that black belt. The black belt. That's yep. your, that's, that's your, that's your best bet for sure. Is there a lot of public land in Alabama? There is. Fortunately for me, I've never had to hunt a lot of public land. Um, but I live near um, several different national forests and, and management areas, and it's it's popular. Uh, there's yeah. a lot yeah. of hunters on it. They see a lot of pressure. But every year, you know, you can you can you know bet your last dollar that there, there's going to be some stomp Good down dude. Goodwins killed off of it. Mm, um, yeah. Because, you know, when you've got a mass of land that big and that many people putting pressure on it, you know, just statistics, you're bound to have a couple of really, really good ones killed. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know what it is compared to other states, but I know yeah. um, that there is, I would say there's a, a fair amount, if not yeah. an abundance of public land in Alabama. Yeah. If you yeah. want to hunt in Alabama, you can hunt in Alabama. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, yeah. There's nobody saying... I just have nowhere to go, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you want to do it, you can do it. What's your What's your favorite hunting in Alabama? My favorite hunting, definitely in Alabama. My favorite hunting is definitely whitetails. Um, just because I don't know. I guess I've. It's it was my first hunting. It was the first yeah. hunting that I did, uh, like legit. You know, we shot yeah. squirrels off the back porch when we were kids. You know, but the, as far as, uh, like an, any kind of structure to it. Um, just grew up deer hunting and honestly I didn't care for a turkey I didn't care for a duck I didn't care for any of it outside of whitetails until I was much later in life um, which I kind of kick myself for now because the stuff the land that I had access to back then and all the the turkeys right. I probably could have killed you know I just what an idiot I was but um, but no definitely definitely deer hunting and then were you, it's a toss-up between hunting rifle yes, hunting yes um I primarily bow hunt now. The older yeah. I've gotten, um, I definitely still rifle hunt, don't get me wrong. But uh, uh, I've definitely leaned more over into archery the older I've gotten. Because, you know, I've just spent so many years and had such so much success with a rifle that, you know, naturally you want just something more challenging. It. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've, I'm definitely more of a bow hunter now. Uh, but if it gets later in the year, you know. And a yeah. lot of our land is a lot of land in Alabama is hard to bow hunt um, because Big open ag yeah stuff. well there's well there's that but then on top of that um, I want to say a little over seventy percent of the state is is uh, timber land it's like okay. like woods yeah and a lot of that is thickets that you just can't yeah. bow hunt you know um, it's not like in the Midwest when you can pattern, 
you know, you can literally physically put your eyes on that deer and know where he's bedding and know where he's feeding. Yeah. You can't do that hardly in Alabama. It's just, yeah. it's too dense. The terrain is too dense. Um, and so we rely a lot on trail cameras. As far as bow hunting is concerned, we rely heavily on trail cameras um, and uh, just creating openings in thick areas like that to give ourselves a shot. Um, and then on top of that, uh, a lot of the land that I've been fortunate to hunt, there's the timber industry is huge in Alabama. We, we, we're, we rely on pines a lot. And so I love hunting a clear cut. They come in yeah. and cut all the timber, you know, and you've got a, this mass of acreage um, where a deer feels really, really comfortable, you know, a year or two after that timber's cut, but you can still see him. Right. Um, so, I mean, that's one of my all-time favorite things to hunt is a uh, maybe a two two-year cutover. Yeah. Because, like I said, it those deer, like they'll old... bed in it, and they just, I mean, they stand up. And you can see them, and they they feel completely hidden. They have no idea. You that know? sounds like an old Jackie Bushman trick. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> Jackie, Jackie Bushman's from Alabama. Yeah, he is. He is from South Alabama. Man, you describing hunting clear cuts is a lot like Southwest Arkansas, where I grew up doing quite a bit of hunting. We, so I grew up in the mountains, but we would drive to the good deer numbers a little bit further south out of the mountains, and it was it was a lot of timber country, a lot of pine plantations, mm-hmm. and. Absolutely, man. You climb up a thirty foot, you know, a pine tree with yep. no limbs for forty That's exactly feet. Exactly right. Use a climbing stand. That's right. Clickety clack, clickety clack. Climb up there, sit there, and watch a big cut over. Oh, it's, it's so much fun. fun. It, it is fun. so much fun in the rut as well. Like just watching those racks bounce around out there while they're chasing mm-hmm. those does. It's I love it so much. Mm. But yeah, in in recent years, I've I've uh, I've really taken a liking to to duck hunting and. Even more recently than that, turkeys. I, I did not become a hardcore, what I would consider a hardcore turkey hunter until maybe five years ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, man, if you're in a good turkey population, you can learn a lot about turkey hunting. Yeah. Because you can work a lot of birds, mess up a lot, and it not affect you. Around here, you mess one up. You mess one up, You maybe your season's <laughs> over. Yep. <laughs> For real. But so... You you're, you mm. started in a good a good place. Yeah, very uh, very friendly to a turkey hunter down there. Mm-hmm. We had a friend, one of my best friends. His family has a big farm in south south of Montgomery, um, uh, towards like Auburn, not far from Auburn, maybe thirty forty minutes outside there. But um, big family farm, beautiful, absolutely one of the prettiest places and wildlife rich places I've ever seen, um, and. For years and years, we hunted that place, and we did not turkey hunt. Um, and we would go deer hunting all throughout the whole season, and we would see just, I mean, 50, 60, 70 at a time. You know, just these massive wads of turkeys. And so one year, we were like, we're going to turkey hunt this year. You know, we're just going to try yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, I think maybe a dozen of us went down there. Mm. And... Over three days, I, I don't know how many turkeys we killed. <laughs> it was incredible. I mean, we would have, you know, groups of six and seven long beards coming in, attacking. The, I mean, just the, the kind of turkey wow. hunts you dream of, you know, mm-hmm. attacking yeah. the decoys, fighting each other. I mean, it yeah. was yeah. incredible turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, I was hooked. You know? Yeah. 
I was absolutely hooked after that. Hey, you just said something that is totally off topic, but this is kind of the way we roll, I guess. Um, I've never, it's been a long, I, I don't know that I've talked to somebody in Alabama in a format like this. Auburn and Alabama. <laughs> How does this work? Well, first I'll say Roll Tide. Um, I'm a, I'm a <laughs> diehard to my core Alabama Crimson Tide fan. Okay. Um, Honestly, so is it is it is it is it? It's tough to explain. Where where are the colleges? So, in relation to the state, now let me let me. Yeah, my yeah. so my history is there's one Division one school in the whole state of Arkansas, University of Arkansas. So yep. everybody's a University of Arkansas fan. It's real easy. Bless their hearts. And there's no yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Our football teams unless about you're in the good. track and field, you know. Yeah, exactly. We're good at that, buddy. We'll run from absolutely. Yeah, we we got a football team about as good as our turkey hunting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so no, we have no professional teams, and we have one Division One university. So it's like everybody's a Razorback fan. So Alabama, we've has got like several two major. Be, yeah, the the two big ones, Bama and Auburn. Um, so Alabama is just west of Birmingham, a little bit south, but a little mostly west. So it's the college. On the, yeah, Alabama. the college itself, and then Auburn is kind of southeast towards Georgia. Not okay. far from the Georgia line, really. Okay. A lot of big Auburn fans in Georgia. Okay. Lots. Um, and then, uh, so, I mean, they're they're not too far from each other. Um, the colleges aren't that The colleges, far? I mean, they're probably How, how do those two colleges hours. support the population base? I mean, there can't be that many people in Alabama. Um, the, there's mean, not, but the thing is, if you are in Alabama, you got to pick one of them. And so you got half the state that's Auburn fans. The other half is Tide fans. And then you have all these outliers that might be like a UAB fan, like University of Alabama at Birmingham or I mean, like that's a not Troy a University. One. That's not a Division One. They're Division One. So. Yeah. UAB is like Division One, AA, I want to say. They're like a step below. Okay. Like, they're not in like that. FS, like, they're not in, um, they're not in like. What is it? What is what am I looking for? Well, SEC, the Southeast. No, they're Conference. not in the SEC. They're in lesser conferences, but they do play okay. Division One ball okay, clubs okay. every year. Mm. Okay. Um but uh Yeah. So is I it mean geographic. It, it is, I mean it's a little bit geographic, but then again it's not. It's, really? So you I can, mean you you can have you know, Auburn fans that live just outside Tuscaloosa and Bama fans that live just outside Auburn. Okay, I mean, what it are is... the – I'm breaking this down because I know it's this is so complex that you being so deep inside of it are going to have a hard time explaining it. Okay, um, <laughs> so, I mean, is it uh, – it, it, does one school represent something the other school doesn't represent? Uh, Yeah, you could say that. Alabama represents winning and Auburn represents <laughs> losing. See, I knew this was – Way too complicated <laughs> for him to explain. <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh, I'll tell you uh, the stereotypes uh, that might put it in a little more perspective okay. and things that I can actually agree with on a certain level. Um, Tuscaloosa is a bit of a trashier town than Auburn. Okay. Uh, just just going to lay that out there. I'll admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Okay. Auburn's an, a much nicer. He can say that because he's from Auburn Alabama. Auburn is a nicer area. There is no question. <laughs> and it is, if I had to choose one of those schools to go to, I would go to Auburn um, based on several different things. Um, but um, so Auburn fans have it in their heads that they're the more classy. I mean, 
from my perspective, they I think they think that they're kind of uppity a little bit. Okay. Um, and then Bama fans are like, okay, we know we're kind of rugged, but who cares, you know? <laughs> and Auburn, their season is a, a success if they beat Alabama. Alabama's season is not a success unless they win the national championship. So their goals okay. are different. Um, and I'll, I'll just to lay the statistics out there, there's no category in football, um, no significant category where Alabama has not been more successful than Auburn. Okay, we've got more national championships. Okay. <laughs> we've got more SEC championships. Okay, um, you know, is is Alabama like the best? More football? bowl, more bowl appearances, more bowl victories. We're, but uh, from what you're saying, that's not even a question. Is that? I mean, is there no, a question I mean, of which one's better? You can't question numbers. <laughs> facts are facts. Yeah, that's, okay. Auburn fans have a You're hard time. It as if it needs to be defended. It well, it it doesn't legitimately need to be defended. It okay. only needs to be, you know, defended uh, when you're talking to. An Auburn fan who just—I mean—I can't look at numbers and, yeah. and deduce that Man, one school I, I is think, better than the other at football. I, I just feel—I just feel like this is <laughs> bad for the state. There to be such a division here. It's—it's it's good and it's bad. Uh, you know, it's bad because, I mean, it's bad for a number of reasons. One, it criminal acts have been committed as a result of this rivalry uh, and continue to be committed. I'm sure. Um, but then it's also good because a little banter, a little struggle, a little bit of tension is, is healthy. I think a rivalry makes it so much more fun. Yeah. Especially when it's as deep heated rivalry as Alabama. So if it's that close and in the same state, which I just can't relate to, do, I mean, deep down, do Auburn fans, are they rooting for Alabama if they're out? Because my dad – now, I, no. I don't like college football. <laughs> I don't watch it. I don't pay attention to it. But I said at the beginning of this and admitted to all everybody that I keep my finger on – I keep my pulse on pop culture, okay? Right. Now, my dad loves college football. And so as soon as the Razorbacks are out, which is always very early, he is just going for SEC guys. And so – and I'm just like – you know, I'm like, whatever. So he – you know, he wants Alabama to win. He – if Auburn was in the national championship, he'd want Auburn to win. So, so if, if if I see what you're getting at, if Auburn's out, are the Auburn guys rooting for Alabama? Um, I feel like there's probably a higher, there's probably a majority of them that are not really. So yes. they're just like it's. I mean, it's that heated. They're like a lot of them have the same mentality towards us that we have towards them. I hope that Auburn never wins a football game. The oh, rest really? Of You're existence. one of those guys. Absolutely. I I <laughs> wow. hope they never I hope they never win a game ever, but I hope we get to play them here. I don't I don't I don't wish any ill will towards the actual players or the school itself, but okay. if they never won another game ever, I, it would thrill me to death. Man, <laughs> see, from Alabama and he's rooting against his t- his uh, his Alabama team. Okay, good. Well, you've explained it to me. <laughs> like I'll I'll put it to you this way, just to put the rivalry in perspective for me personally. Um, I dated a girl whose family had Auburn fans in it, and it was a a point of debate. Contention. It was a discussion. Yes, really, with my family. You know? Oh wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's wow. I mean, 
is divisive. Crazy. But yeah, well, it good. is. I'm glad it is we got that, that cleared up because it I, is I, that I, intense. I've been wanting to get some clarity on this for a while, so now, <laughs> now I think I understand. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, just you know, to sum it up, Bama good, Auburn bad. Okay, <laughs> I mean, it's that. It's, it's that, that simple. simple. Yep, it's that simple. Got it. Yep, got it. Well, uh, what are your plans for uh, this fall? What are you going to do? Where, Man, hunting wise, I've got a couple of duck hunts planned. I got one. I'm going. I'm going duck hunting in Kansas for the first time. I'm really mm-hmm. excited okay. about that. I've never hunted dry fields, and so we're doing that for the first time this year. Oh, cool! Um, really excited about that. Um, I've got another one planned for South Louisiana mm-hmm. duck hunt. Yep, and well, we're going to do some red fishing too while we're down there. Oh, just nice. a little cast and blast, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm probably I'm in the process of trying to lock down some kind of private land here in northwest arkansas just so that i'm not bored out of my mind when football doesn't happen because i don't think it's going to happen right right. you know and not that i would so back home i could just go hunt and then come back home and watch the you know it was easy i could do it all yeah 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 uh but here i don't have anywhere local or anything close outside of public land um to hunt so i'm trying to find something because i mean i even hunt midweek i hunt i hunt you know, yeah. And when the, you know, the sun's the, up, the, I'm trying to hunt. You know? The the lease. There's not many. There's not a lot of leases in this. I've world. discovered. I mean, I've just, discovered, and, I, and that's another big difference between here and yeah. in Alabama. There is there is a plethora of land that is leased every year. Yeah, I, I don't under, I don't know why. I mean, and it's probably. I mean, I'm probably. It's, it's just I don't. Know, it's just not prevalent. I mean, people just don't think about. I've actually. I want to dearly go. You're gonna think I'm crazy, but I, I have the Onyx mm-hmm. app on my phone, and so I can look up you know property owners and things like that. So I'll just be perusing through the map, find yeah. a property owner, find their, you know, Facebook or you know anything I can find, and I I've reached out to several people about you know potentially leasing their land to hunt, and it's it's like they've never heard of it. You know, yeah. up here, it, it's incredible. Like, yeah, just yeah. you want to do what? You know, <laughs> I was like, no, I want to give you money so yeah, I can like, hunt your property. Well, just come on and hunt. <laughs> you don't have to give me money. <laughs> yeah, there's been a little bit of that. Uh, you know, I've just some, just some, some people that at least verbally, they're like, oh yeah, man. I mean, we'll see how that goes when they yeah, realize yeah, yeah. how crazy I am. Yeah, <laughs> I would and I'm be like, oh, your... we need to put a greenfield there and. Uh, what do you think about putting some summer crops over here? You know, like, and they're yeah. like, "What are you talking about, man? Yeah. I don't even have a tractor." Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, it is different. It's it that's different. that's one thing that's been a little eye opening too is um, acquiring uh, private land up here to hunt is is a challenge. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But still chomping away. Yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna figure something you'll out. Figure, you'll, if you that's just right. beat the ground enough, you'll you'll come up with something. Yep. You'll come with some. So you're. Uh, so I've got those duck hunts lined up. Um, late summer, got several dove shoots that I plan on going to, um, and then obviously I can. I'm going to take. I usually um, around Christmas and New Year's, I take a big block of time right there, um, and do a lot of hunting. Uh, whether that's, you know, ducks, deer, um, in Alabama. That's we. I mean, it's. Will you go back to Alabama? Yeah, to I'll, I have plans. I'll probably – so the way the year will go more than likely is 
I'll be in Kentucky beginning of September. Bow okay. Then it's velvet dubbed, then it's oh yeah, my brother killed a pretty nice one up there last year with his bow. His first velvet deer. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. 120 inch eight point, really pretty. Yeah. Um so we do a lot of uh we bow hunt there every year, beginning of season. Uh then we'll shoot doves mid September, late September on into October. Well then season opens here October one, correct? Well it's fourth fourth Saturday in September. So, so it'll be like the twenty seventh gotcha. or twenty okay. sixth. So September. somewhere in there I could you know, by then hopefully I'll have something or a good friend of mine has a family farm in Mississippi that also opens beginning of October, archery season. So I'll either, you know, be hunting here or hunting there, one of the two. And then season comes in in Alabama, October the 15th, archery season. Um, and from then on out, I'll be, there'll be a lot of traveling back and forth. That's yeah. what it's looking like because, um, you know, even if I did have some land here to hunt, I, I mean, I would still be going back and forth yeah. to Alabama just because it's such a, I've got a great resource at my disposal down there, plenty of land to hunt, and so. Have you ever hunted out west? Any any of the big game out west? I wish. I've been talking to uh, one of my good hunting buddies about. I mean, this is forever. We talk about it every year, and we never do it. It's like, man, we're right. going to go out west, um, like Colorado or Montana or something. We're going to public land hunt for elk. Right, right. Like that's what we're going to do, and we've just never done it. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, the hardest thing for us is always sc- scheduling, timing. Yeah. You know? Because um, you don't want to go and do it by yourself. <laughs> At least yeah. I don't. Yeah. Uh, but, um, no, just for one for whatever reason, man, never made it happen. Um, yeah. I got a real good friend that lives in Alaska and hunts like crazy. He actually killed a giant, and I mean a giant brown bear, a couple weeks, like two weeks ago. Oh mm. really? Oh my god! Mm. He was sending me pictures, but anyways, mm. um, he's been trying to get me to come up there and hunt with him, and that's just another thing I hadn't been able to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's always been the all these like destination type hunts, stuff like that. Um, that's always been the when I've got the money and I've got the time. That's the first thing on the on the docket. That's what we're gonna yeah. do. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. I think the. There's a lot of guys in the southeast that, uh, that, you know, like growing up in the town I was in from in Arkansas, there was a group of guys that always went to Colorado, mm-hmm. but it's a pretty small group. I would say now that number of people is like, I feel like it's way more. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's much more common, I guess just in the age of, information being yeah. spread so much and on X yeah. and oh, podcasts yeah. and, you know, information just going, people are kind of emboldened to be able to jump in their trucks and drive out West. But anyway, I, I, I don't feel bad. I didn't start hunting out West till probably five years ago. I mean, I, I just stayed, I prided myself and never have been killed a deer outside the state of Arkansas. And, and that actually is true except for Manitoba. I don't think I've killed a deer outside of Arkansas, except for Manitoba, Canada. Um, but anyway, so it's cool. You know, I, 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 if, if you don't know, you would, you don't know me very well, Cam, but I love local hunting. Like, because it's real easy to look at television and all this stuff that's like far off hunting and, and, you know, adventure based, all this backpack hunting and, 
be like, oh, man, I wish I could do that. But we got this incredible hunting right here close to our house. Right. And that can be just as epic, just as fun. I guess I've never just stated it, but I guess we kind of have a similar mentality in that regard because, I mean, I've killed very few deer outside of Alabama, but um, the ones I have killed, especially in in the last maybe seven or eight years, have been – within minutes of my house. And so See, there's a lot. I loved it. There's a loved ton it. of value in that. There really is. And, and don't get me wrong. I love traveling and hunting and, and we've done that extensively the last seven years. But, uh, I, my best hunting is like within a mile of right, you know, right here at home. I don't doubt it. And, uh, and, and it's not best because I kill the biggest animals. Right. It's best because, I got to eat dinner with my family and <laughs> yep. jump in the truck and drive down the road and hunt for two hours or, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, whatever the situation would be. But, but, uh, no, I, that's cool, man. I I just wondered if you'd been out West any, yeah. Sure wish, but, but no, I, like you, I find immense value in, in, I guess what you call local hunting. I guess local that's a great hunting. term for it. Local hunting. Um, and that's what most people do. I mean, most people don't, don't have the, liberty to travel that much just most people don't but uh but it is more common than it's ever been and it's because of i feel like it's just because of just the spread of information yeah and uh you know it just like kind of intel you know that maybe you didn't mm-hmm. have 25 years ago it's interesting on. um how certain components like that technologically have maybe increased the number of hunters but um if i'm not mistaken the state of alabama has seen a pretty consistent decline in the number of hunting licenses and i imagine that's probably not just you know in alabama um just the technology age kids don't grow up doing it like they used to um there's just been a pretty significant decline um and i know that uh, at least in Alabama, they've there's a few things they've done to kind of incentivize things like that. But um, it's still it, – it's you hate to see it, but you kind of love to see it. It's it's kind of a catch-22. But um, – Well, you know, we – It's just cur- – it's interesting to me how some things – like you said, it, it looks like there's more people doing it when the numbers are actually saying that there's fewer people right, doing right, it. Right, right, right. Well – you know, we we talk a ton about hunter recruitment. We really do. I mean, a lot of times our our awesome. our our mission and kind of what we're doing here. I mean, we're talking a ton about hunter recruitment, and and it's it's a bigger deal than just you know just going to a hunting area and it being less people there. I mean, yeah, I I see what you're saying. Like it could be like sweet. I got this place to myself, but the long term is so much more significant yep. from funding. I mean, we, we nerd out about this Ooh, stuff and funding. have on, you know, the, the hunters are funding conservation, you know, license sales are, are funding state state groups. Yada, you know, we, we've got whole podcasts that nerd out on all that kind of stuff. But but to your point, we I think we have the infrastructure to have a new wave of hunter recruitment. I've heard some people say that they feel like COVID-19 stuff is going to cause – in general, hunter recruitment to yeah. go up. Now, I know mm-hmm. it did during the actual quarantine because people weren't working and they had more free but time. But will it sustain, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's two ways of thought. Like, I feel like some of the people that are further disconnected from wild game as a, as a protein source 
are going to see the COVID-19 thing as a deal to stay away from wildlife. Hmm. This started with wildlife and humans. Right. This, right. this started as a wildlife-human interaction, eating interaction. So it's like, so people that are super disconnected, that really have no reference, might say, man, this is even more reason right. not to go in the woods, not to, you know, stay away from all that stuff. The people that are more connected to where their meat comes from, they're a little bit more educated on where it comes from, I think it's going to push them the other way. Because, you know, somebody eating an undercooked bat is not equivalent to us. It's not even in the same ballpark as us going out and harvesting a deer, harvesting a bear, harvesting a turkey, cooking it, processing it. I mean, you know, it's it's just in a different playing field and it's kind of hard for i kind of want to dig into the science of why it is i know that it is i want to dig into the science of it but i think it's going to push some people to man i better know where my meat comes from Mm -hmm. i don't want to be taking any guesses of where my meat comes from so that's the bigger picture of what is you know because no doubt this stuff has changed the planet for like for good Mm -hmm. i mean like this is like you know that you've all we've all heard it said. So, I mean, this is like nine eleven type stuff. You know that the Earth just forever was changed after this. Well, I mean yeah. that's what's happening, yeah. and it's it'll be interesting to see. I I, I I I I I hope that it pushes people more towards you know responsible outdoor recreation to gather protein and hunting numbers increase. You know, agreed. Agreed. And yeah. everybody go to Alabama and kill all camps turkeys. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Honestly, if if you let me hunt with you, let's do it. <laughs> I just like seeing them die. <laughs> uh, no. Well, uh, man, Cam, thanks for uh, you know. I almost had you bring your guitar. I wanted. I was like, man, if we'd have really thought about it, I guess that would <laughs> great. Man, you know, I I I hated to ask you to do that because I. You know, I just didn't. I didn't know if you'd be comfortable with that or not. But I wish I had. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd go, I we mean, could do a live concert. There's right fewer, here. fewer uh, situations that I'm more comfortable in than mm-hmm. that right there. That yeah, no I guess doubt. Sitting in a tree stand, but no doubt. Um, but yeah, I definitely would have done that. That would have been great. Well, what we might do is uh, definitely work it. Tell us how people can find your music and find you on social media so, and stuff. Uh, music, hunting, life in general. You know, you can check me out on. Uh, Instagram at Cam Spinks, uh, Facebook Cam Spinks, um, you know all the all the normals. Um, but I would say uh, musically, if you purchase, I'm a, my music is available anywhere you purchase your music, or if you're a streamer, you know you can pick it up on Spotify or you know any of the big ones, iTunes, Amazon, literally any music outlet known to man i think my music is available on okay just search cam spinks and i'll be there what should what 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 song would you tell them to go listen to if you're an outdoorsman and you like and you like to hunt i would say um go listen to got it from my daddy i wrote that for my dad um about kind of the main things that he's instilled in us over the years and um kind of the things that he introduced us to baseball as a kid he was always our baseball coach for years and years and then hunting you know obviously goes without say um and there's some there's some clever little lines in there that'll make you laugh too but um 
but yeah, that's as far as uh, songs that mean something to me. I think that one's up there at the top somewhere. Um, love that song. Love that song a whole lot. Um, but uh, so I would check that one out. But honestly, if you just like, you know, well written country music, just listen to my whole catalog, man. I got some. Yeah. I got some pretty good stuff in there. Yeah. It's not necessarily uh, a lot of it's not what you would hear on country radio, and I think I'm kind of proud of that. If we're being perfectly honest, I yeah. think the radio suffers a lot at its at its own expense by yeah. not playing um, what I consider to be more sophisticated uh, country music. Right on, sophisticated country music. I like it. I like it. Um, okay, so that's where people can find you. And then go and go check out all your music. Yeah, you. Yeah, I, I was searching some of your stuff earlier today. Yeah, you can find it, Cam Spinks. That's it, uh, Colby. What? What? You got anything else for Cam? I think I'm going to ask the typical question: Who are your musical influences? My musical influences. <laughs> oh boy, um, that's the question everyone was waiting. Man, like yeah, they're going to go you, through this whole podcast and not ask it, him. You get it so often. See, but- I'm so not pop culture. I didn't know that I needed to ask him. You just that. <laughs> Mr. That's fair. That's Mr. Fair. Backstreet Boys over here. Oh, yeah. In sync. <laughs> um, no, I would say, um, you know, I grew up on on 90s country and kind of southern rock. Um, you know, the the guards, the Alan Jackson, the, you know, all, all your all mm-hmm. your big time 90s. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I was like a huge Waylon fan or a big mm-hmm. bro. I like those guys, but that's just not what I grew up on. I grew up on good Hardy, 90s country, Joe Diffie, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Know, Sawyer Brown, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the on kind of the classic rock side, it was, you know, Skinner and Allman Brothers and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But then in recent years, um, kind of the more modern artists that I've taken a liking to and, and some of my music has been influenced by is like Jason Isbell and... Cody Jinks, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of these, um, Tyler Childers, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. these Appalachia guys, a Sturgill Simpson, another Kentucky guy, mm-hmm. Stapleton, um, just kind of the guys that are more edgy country, um, that don't stick with the, the mold of the Nashville mold, if, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, people that kind of do their own thing. I love that. Um, so yeah, I would say a lot of those guys, that's, that's what I listen to and that's what I, not necessarily try to emulate, but some of it just comes out naturally. That's, you know, because those are the sounds I'm hearing so often. Um, you know, that's kind of the stuff I want to incorporate in my music. So um, I feel like I kind of have my own sound, though. Like, I don't, I try not to sound like someone else. Is That that seems like it would be hard. It's a lot of people, it is a lot harder. Like, let's say your, your voice is your voice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't change that that much and sustain it um you kind of got to stay you kind of have to stay in your lane like your voice is going to sound like your voice yeah and if it sounds like other people then it sounds like other people but if it doesn't you know i think that's beneficial um i've been told on on multiple occasions that you know you don't you just don't sound like anyone and i Mm. I always take it as a compliment I, i love hearing that so um at least vocally you know yeah um, so I would say, uh, that's where all my influences lie and, uh, kind of the, the, the lane that I'm trying to fall into. That's good, man. 
What about hunting influences? I think all of us. Oh man, hunting influence. In this... I'm going to throw one at you that. Um, I hope you know who it is. Dan Fitzgerald. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. So. Dan Fitzgerald. That's the best thing you've said this whole podcast. <laughs> and his, his son's name's Guy, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Sure is. Um, so I grew up on Dan Fitzgerald. Okay. Yeah. Hardcore. Okay. Um, for the first several years of of learning archery, it was all instinctive. Even with really a, okay. Yeah. Even with the uh, the little I had a PSE Bandit uh, compound. Uh, didn't have a sight on it ever. Um, I never killed a deer. I was like eight, nine years old. You know, I I was. Back then, it wasn't legal unless you were pulling 35 pounds, and so I wasn't pulling 35 pounds, but that's mm-hmm. how I learned. I learned instinctively, and later on, um, I did get into instinctive archery for a short period of time. Um, I had a longbow. I didn't even go the recurve route. I went straight to long, and um, I got fairly proficient with it, um, hunted with it several times, never had the opportunity to kill anything, but... Um, you know, I had, there was a hunt where the buck was just a little further than I was comfortable with with that one. And I was like, if I just had my compound, you know. And so yeah. from then, I kind of slipped back into the compound world. And, and uh, but no, I would say uh, Dan Fitzgerald for sure. Tim Wells more recently. Mm-hmm. I love okay. Tim Wells, man. Uh, and then, I, you mentioned him earlier, Steve Ranella. Yeah. I... I could watch and listen to Steve Ranello for days and never get tired of it. What do you watch his stuff? Do you watch all of his? I watch, I watch, yeah, I've watched all of that, but then I've listened to his podcast a little bit. Um, but mainly the stuff on Netflix. I, I just, to be able to see it and, and, and hear it as well is just, and the things he's been able to do. And then he cooks on top of that. You know, it's just. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing I love. That's is, a pretty eclectic group, group there. Dan Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. Tim Wells, and Steve Rinella. <laughs> and then, and yeah. then probably the the last big one. I'm a so keeping with the archery theme. I I actually did uh, my I did like a sort of a, a senior thesis in high school um, on Fred Bear. Um, okay, big Fred Bear guy. At some point, I'm going to get some t- Fred Bear tattoos. It's going to happen. Okay. Um, and, you know, you can't talk about Fred Bear without talking about Ted Nugent. I, love, <laughs> I was waiting to see if it was coming. <laughs> love Ted Nugent and his antics. He, he cracks me the hell up. You um, got the spirit of the wild. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, I think I've got a Ted Nugent for president you, you do. sticker right yes. over on that wall over there. I love it. I, I hope it says Uncle Ted. I can't remember. <laughs> it, it just says Ted Nugent for president. But uh, And then probably another guy that I really, really, really respect, not only for his – for his efforts in, in hunting and stuff, but just his conservation efforts and his depth of knowledge of hunting in so many different cultures and different places around the world is obviously Jim Shockey. Um, yeah. I mean, that guy, if there was, if there was one, um, hunter figure, hunting figure that I could just meet and sit down and have a beer with, it would be Jim Shockey. Yeah. Yeah. Big Jim Shockey fan. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that guy did it right. Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for Jim Shockey for sure. Yeah. 
Man, but yeah, those are my group, guys. Good group. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good. And then that if you guys aren't, list. if you guys have never heard of uh, TK and Mike, I feel like you should. Uh, <laughs> man, how old are you, Cam? You must be. You must be like exactly my age because yeah. everything. Oh you boy, said, you're younger than me, though. I think I, I'm 30. You're um, way younger than me. I'm 30 years old, but you know, I've uh, assembled a Porto pooper or two in my day. So <laughs> I grew up on those guys as well. I, oh, TK and Mike, <laughs> love it. Yep, yeah. The old WW. Oh, the, the waterfowl with a maker. <laughs> you see him, geese up there? Where? You don't see him, geese? Give me that thing. Uh, oh, that's yeah. That's good. Love that's it. That's good. That's good. What about the uh, the misadventures of Bubba? Oh, my God. <laughs> Jim, was it Jim Varney? Oh, man. That's funny. Yeah, those were classics. Oh, that's good, man. Well, hey, thanks a ton for uh, thanks a ton for coming out here and meeting with us, man. Man, anytime, uh, anytime. It's it's been an enjoyable conversation, and likewise. And, and uh, man, congratulations on uh, you know I, I I'm always like I'm 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 conscious I'm always consciously like perusing media trying to see a hunting figure in mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what caught my eye. Even though they didn't say you were a hunter, but I knew you were a hunter. Oh, yeah. They even, didn't, even, want, even to they the didn't point, want me talking about that. <laughs> well, even to the point in uh, in in part of Blake's deal that he did, he had like some deer mounts or something in the back mm-hmm. and behind him. Yep. Sure and did. I was like, hey, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Super mainstream outlet, like kind of being okay with like a deer head. Like that's... I think that's a yep. win, but no. Nah, anyway, just congratulations on well, thank uh, you, thank you on uh, you know going as far as you did on the voice and just your career in music and stuff. And uh, man, I, I really do wish you the best up here in Northwest Arkansas. Thank you, appreciate with, that. Uh, I know you're new up here, and yeah, uh, getting my feet wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, right on. Any closing thoughts? Anything you want to? Man, uh, I'm sure your uh, listeners have heard it once or twice before, but I am thoroughly impressed with this room. And it's decor. Yeah, um, thanks, man. It's intriguing, man. And like I said, having never bear hunted before, I'm anxious to 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 jump into that world as well. Yeah. Just another thing to spend my money on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> another thing for my fiance to get mad about. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. I'm sure y'all don't know anything about that. Yeah. Well, no, pleasure to have you, and uh, yeah, we'll stay in touch for sure. And yeah, check out check out Cam Spinks, look him up, look up his music, and uh, yeah, keep the wild places wild because that's where the bears live. Heard that? I've got an old F one hundred, model sixty four, original coat of red paint. On the floor People try to buy her off of me But I'll never sell that old machine Cause I got it from my daddy Closet is my old baseball glove. 
That game was my first love. I never got to play it past 18. But I've got this guitar and another dream. And I got it from my daddy. Got it from my daddy. From my daddy, I got it from my daddy. That rifle in the corner, it's a two forty three, and it's killed a bunch of white tails. All across the southeast Me and that gun have made some memories I've got a passion for the great outdoors in me I got it from my daddy I got it from my daddy You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. 
I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.